Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. Be so sad, holding his hat, saying, please put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Oh, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's, it's the deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing so happening. You talk about that every week. All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Apple Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What, what was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan? Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Wrestling podcast? How fucking original. I guess I just, I mean. You're welcome. Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Cast. I am your host, the Straight Edge Monster Jack, joined by Ryan. Of course, we had a big week in wrestling this week, but an even bigger one coming up this coming week. A huge week coming up for you guys. Second episode of Collision. Fucking Forbidden Door, obviously, is this weekend. It's going to be insane. Don't know how we're going to work out yet. I forgot to text you about that. I don't know how the fuck we're going to work out our predictions because they are still haven't announced fucking probably about four or five more matches that they're going to have easily. Um, and you'll be in the air again. So I don't know how the hell we're going to do Forbidden Door predictions. But um, well, I fly, well, I fly in um, Friday. And then I stay Saturday, Sunday. Shows on Sunday, and then I think I'm leaving Monday morning. I have to go look again. I don't think I stayed till Tuesday. I think I think the plan was originally to stay till Tuesday, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, just be back home for a day before I start work again. Um, so yeah, we should be able to do it Saturday. We'll figure it out. We'll we'll see what else they have announced by then. Yeah, I don't even think we were able to do Forbidden Door predictions last time. Because no. I think you were in the air already when I was like, hey man, you want to do predictions? You like you sent me a picture of like out the plane or some shit talking about something. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to do. <laughs> no, that that was um that wasn't Forbidden Door. That was um Oh no, we did do Forbidden Door while you were in the hotel, yeah, right? That was whatever was in uh January. I forgot what the show was. Royal Rumble yeah. then? I don't remember. Again, I was Cause, like Revolution was in February, obviously, so it might have been I don't know, it might have been but yeah, maybe I think I think we did do Forbidden Door predictions last year. Yeah, we did. Do you remember going live in the hotel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I won't be able right, to do we'll that this time, though, because if the show is Sunday night and I'm leaving Monday morning, then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Monday afternoon, I guess. I don't know. I have to look. Yeah, so there's a good chance we won't even have a show this upcoming week. We won't be able to talk about Forbidden Door till 
Tuesday if you're not busy, and if not, then all the way back till the next fucking weekend, obviously. Yeah. But, um, hey, that's the... That's the shit that happens when you actually get to the shows, which yeah. is still <laughs> cool. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather you go to the show and talk about it later anyway, so it's no big deal. But we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But we do have to... I do want to send a quick little thing. I was going to put the... I was going to steal the graphic or whatever, but we didn't get to talk about it last week because we didn't have a show. I was busy. Um, but RIP Iron Sheik, obviously. Um, mm. Literally the last show we had done, we were talking about Superstar Billy Graham. Um, yeah. This this week, or he passed away last week or whatever uh, for Iron Sheik, and he's more in our wheelhouse, right? He was... Time-wise. Yes, time-wise. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham was a little bit before us. Iron Sheik was definitely, when, when he was at his most popular, it was still before me, but I still knew who Iron Sheik was. I, I watched the whole Colonel Mustafa shit. I, I'm, I was fully aware of his, his, his shit versus Sergeant Slaughter, his shit versus We'd, we'd actually Hogan. seen him wrestle is the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NWA, WCW, whatever you want to call it, for a little bit. His great friend there. Um, the gimmick battle royal. <laughs> but, uh, of course, um... I'm also very familiar with it, the the documentary that was made about him, where they followed him around, and then of course his uh, Twitter presence will not be forgotten anytime soon. Um, which I assume was just somebody writing for him, yeah. writing writing it for him. But he was really saying the shit. Obviously, they probably um, asked. Him. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that was probably a lot of creative writing stuff. Just managing his account. Um, but anyway, I mean, he, I mean, it's not like he didn't really say that shit in shoot interviews and stuff. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah. it's not, I don't, it's not that I don't think he would have said it or wouldn't have said it. I think that was just uh, doing a social media manager stuff. He, he definitely will be missed though. One of the strongest motherfuckers ever in pro wrestling for sure. And it's not even close. Like when people talk about Cesaro or Claudio and pound for pound, strongest per- people in wrestling bandito obviously has been thrown around recently. Um, but if you look in the history of wrestling, dude, I don't know if there's anybody stronger than fucking Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik was a fucking beast, and he oh, did like the real, you know, like the bullshit pose downs back in the day between like Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior or Lex Luger and somebody shit like that. This motherfucker's feats of strength were literally live and real shit. So those fucking things that he was twirling around all the time that he was known for when he first came into WWE. And he used to have like the the regular a regular guy a jobber dude go fucking try to do it and they couldn't even lift up one of them like they couldn't lift it up it was like Thor's hammer and this motherfucker swinging two of them back to back that motherfucker was a beast uh, obviously Olympic athlete as well um, one of the biggest heels of all time um, I did just watch the video that uh, Bix had reposted about the time that he got in trouble for roughing up somebody. And WWE thought it was a good idea with their lawyer or whatever to make a video of all these people telling the judge why why he why Iron Sheik was such a good person and that he shouldn't uh, get charged or whatever. That shit was so fun. I have never seen no shit like that before in my life. They even had Cindy Lauper on there at the time because that was obviously the the rock and wrestling era um, with Captain Lou and Bobby Heenan and all that stuff. It was so funny. I was, like, watching this. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, a serious video. They're literally sending this to a judge. It was so funny. And, like, pretty much blackballing him or blackmailing him 
into, hey, I can get you like 20 votes or um, I'll vote for you in this upcoming election if uh, you let Iron Cheek off or whatever. It was so funny. I was like, man, that's crazy that that video exists. Um, but anyway, happy Father's hey, Day he, listen, as well. He did, he did more for Snuka if you want to talk about corruption in the fucking justice system from... Oh no, no. I mean, I don't think the Iron Cheek <laughs> thing would have been I don't think the Iron Cheek thing would have been a big deal anyway. He didn't kill nobody. Even if he even if he really did do it and it wasn't somebody yeah. just trying to get money from Iron Cheek. That, that was literally nothing. That's why I thought that's another reason why I thought the video was so funny is because they went through all that for like a pretty much a domestic dispute like a It was it was nothing compared to the Jimmy Snooker thing. It was nothing. So going through all that trouble was just funny to me. Um, but happy Father's Day as well. And happy birthday. Shout out to my boys on my shirt. That's why I'm wearing this shirt today on the show, by the way, just in case everybody was. It's Shrew and Nova's fourth birthday today. Um, so that's why I'm rocking the shirt today on stream. Um, speaking of dads, our dad likes puns and terrible jokes. So let's hit you up with a dad joke to start the day. Um, why was unemployment so high in WWE's ruthless aggression era? Because Funaki did all the jobs. Um, let's see. We got some shit to talk about, man. Not a huge show, but a lot of stuff happened, like we said earlier at the beginning. So let's talk about it. Hot tag topics. Let's go. First up, there you see it. That was the card for the first ever collision. Um, first ever AEW collision review. Did it live up to your expectations? And what would you give it as far as an overall grade uh, to the show? One thing I saw a lot of people saying online was they, they were talking about how there was more like straightforward, more to the wrestling, like that kind of stuff on the show. And I think... If you go back and watch it, it really doesn't feel like that to me. I mean, they have just as many promos and segments and shit like that. And the Ricky Stark stuff, the Christian segment before even the pre-tape stuff before he even came out. Like, um, I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff that wasn't it wasn't just like going straight to wrestling. The whole Tony Nice uh, shit before his match. Like, I, I don't know where that impression came from, but I don't agree with it. I will say, as far as the matches that actually happened, I thought they were all pretty good. Uh, I thought the the Buddy Murphy and Andrade match was probably the best one of the night. Um, that one was very very good, but you know that, those two guys you probably wouldn't expect that much different. Um, I thought the tag match was relatively good. And I thought that the right people won. Um, it's a good idea to have uh, Willow go over, given that she's the more recent champion and all that, and then you can sort of set up some future title stuff for AEW and New Japan that way. Um, if they wanted to have them go against each other at Forbidden Door or something like that, that makes sense. Uh, neither title on the line, obviously, but um, just making just making Sky Blue and Willow credible in any way at this point is a good sign. Yeah, and Sky Blue is one of those people that's. Um, if you watch where she started to where she is now, she's clearly gotten a lot better too, which you always like to see. So um, it's it's nice to see her getting a win, and I think her mom was there in the crowd too, so that's cool. Um, and then the main event i'm gonna come off like a fucking punk hater but man i shocking I'll, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be as charitable as possible 
Okay, and I'm gonna say he's been away. I'm not gonna lie, he was rusty. I I completely agree with you on that. He even messed up going through the ropes on a tag, dude. Like he was rusty as fuck. It looked bad, especially showing a montage of him like training in the ring and stuff on the way to him coming out for his match or whatever. Like, I don't know, man. I I thought it looked nasty. It was it was not a good not a good showing. He the one spot that I felt like he did that looked okay. But still looked kind of fucked up was when he did the the bulldog lariat spot on uh, uh, simultaneously on uh, Juice and, and Jay White. But even that, it just felt like sluggish. It felt like kind of off the neck breakers. He like it wasn't dropping at the right time. Like so they were they were like stunted. Like he would drop too early, and then the other one would come after him or whatever. It was weird. Um, and yeah, the the thing with the rope thing was fucking weird. Uh, the tag situation near the end. Where Punk a double tagged, tag where, yeah, where Punk Cash tagged, tagged in, and then Cash, Cash was technically tagged. the he was technically the legal man. Cash was the legal man, and then Punk got the pin, so it didn't make any sense. Well, no, 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 no. Punk was the legal man, but it's because Cash fucked up. So the way that they did that was Punk tags Dax while he's on the outside. That makes Punk the legal man, but then Cash reaches in and also tags Dax, which doesn't make him the legal man because Dax isn't legal anymore. It does nothing, but then. There was confusion because it looked like they were setting up to have uh, Cash sort of do a lot of the, the finishing stuff, and then it didn't end up working out that way. And then they were like, "Oh, you got to you get out of the ring," and then me, I'll pin all that shit. It was weird. It was pretty awkward. well the the way that they've they done that way. before in the past, and why it usually does make sense, and why they do that. Like I've seen the Young Bucks do it a lot. It's for the extra time on the yeah, thing. exactly, and, yeah. I, and that's an extra ten seconds. So you got the ten seconds on the first guy, and then another ten seconds on the other guy. But you have so to you got the right person. <laughs> So you've got 10 seconds to do now double-team moves legally, yeah. basically. Right, but you still have to tag and, the person. Or even triple-team moves, technically, because if Dax wasn't hurt on the corner or whatever, he has five seconds to get the fuck out the ring. So you got, like, yeah. 15 seconds to do a triple-team move if you wanted to. Well, they kind of did, right? They set up the Shatter Machine into the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, no, it was it was real. And that wasn't Punk's fault. That was that was Cash's fault, as far as I can tell, because um, he should have known to wait for Punk to get in the ring and then tag Punk. I do like the. I think Punk did really well with the selling for sure, especially the Samoa Joe shit. He did awesome on that part. The I don't know. The, I don't know if he crowd, had a choice, but it's some of them chops, boy. Yeah, I know the, the crowd. Came, I mean, if you if you're complaining about Adam Page hitting you in the throat, that first fucking one that Samoa Joe threw was right in your fucking he's, face, dude. He screamed something right at him, and I listened to that thing like four or five times trying to listen, to, trying to hear what the fuck he said, because it sounded like he was talking shit specifically about him complaining about people being sick, but I, I couldn't make out every word. But it was funny as fuck. Because he nailed him and then sets him up and does it again. Damn, that looked painful. Um, I did go back and watch the clip that he was complaining about. Um, no, he got hit in the throat. He got hit he, in the throat. But, got, yeah, but then got, they, well, he, but they yeah. traded blows again right after it. So, like, right, right. why didn't that settle him down when he when when Paige hit him again and he wasn't in the throat again? Then why the fuck would that mess up the rest of the match for you, though? Yeah, the whole. It's so funny that he's got like this. It reminds me of when Republicans talk about fucking Antifa. It's like um, they're simultaneously like the most dangerous people on earth and such a threat to everything. But also at the same time, they're just giant liberal pussies who can't do anything. Not man. And it's the same shit that Punk is doing when he comes out uh, in an article saying, oh, he, he worked too stiff with me. And like, I was scared that he was going to like beat me up for real in the match and all that shit, but then come out on television and be like, oh, and all your favorite wrestlers are soft. Like, dude, it can't be both. 
they, he's either real fucking soft or you're worried he's going to beat your ass for real. Like, you, you can't say both and, and try well, to... Well, I think he only said that line because, like I told you, I think that was the work line to make you... Now, now I believe 100% fully that this is going to turn into a match at some point, and this is now a work. But uh, no, he, yeah. I, I completely agree with you that... I'm not saying Punk couldn't hold his own and get a lucky submission in or something the fight broke, fought, broke, if a fight broke out backstage. But if I'm putting money on it, I'm probably putting my money on Adam Page. Yeah, and Kenny would beat the shit out of him, too. Because Kenny is not somebody that only got a bronze medal in a blue belt fucking jiu-jitsu tournament because there were only three people in it, and he lost to two people. And that didn't win a single fucking round. Because that's that's where, if you ever see pictures online of, of CM Punk with his bronze medal in that Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament, it's because in his age bracket and weight, there were only three people. And so they had like a little three-person round-robin tournament. He lost both matches against both people, but still got a bronze medal for losing. Like, that's his big Brazilian jiu-jitsu accomplishment was his bronze medal in that tournament. Um, so anybody trying to talk up his, his ground game or, like, his ability to fight or anything like that, you're fucking clueless. Like, you, you don't know anything about his history. Brian Alvarez would smoke the shit out of CM Punk 100% of the time. Like, it, it's not even close. Um, so it, it is weird to see who he tries to talk shit about um, and how he tries to talk shit about them. Especially in the whole, like, you're soft, you couldn't do fucking real matches, I, I would shoot, beat you up, that kind of implication. It doesn't I'm, work. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying, because he said that on TV and it was cleared or whatever, he didn't say that. If he would have said that in the ESPN interview, then I'd be making a much bigger deal about you're, you're full of shit. If you're saying it in character on a fucking, on a show, which leads me to believe that they're definitely going to be working together at some point. Maybe not right out of the gate. It could be a long, this could be the long game because the elite could be saying backstage, yeah, we kind of, we would be okay with it, but he has to prove himself, like we were talking about for months, basically. You're not just going to get this fucking spot out the gate. You're going to have to prove that you can fucking not be a bitch, basically, and go back on everything that you've been saying. Now, I do appreciate in the ESPN article that he actually did apologize and that he said he wanted to talk to them, but every time he tried to, he's been blocked, basically, because that was one of our main things that everybody was saying online, and us included, Dude, you got to take the first step. And it feels like he, or at least he's saying that he is taking the first step. And like it was reported, everything was run by TK for that interview. And he's, he okayed it for it to come out. So there has to be some kind of truth to what he was saying. Um, but just specifically on AEW Collision, though, since that's what we're talking about. Like, I, I agree with you. The women's tag match was a lot better than I had anticipated it going to be when going into it or whatever. And that's not necessarily just because of who's involved, because really, like I said on Twitter, Sky Blue is everything that we thought Anna Jay was going to be, right? That's what we thought Anna Jay was going to be. That's where she should be right now, but she never improved. Sky Blue, you can actually see her improvement from day one to now, and I would say that she's better than Anna Jay in the ring. We all know how good Willow is. We all know how good Tony is, and we all know how good Ruby Soho is. Um, I think my bar was low just because... Willow hasn't really gotten the time to shine in uh, AEW as far as wins go and long matches. And then, of course, Sky Blue is basically taking straight L's until she got the Battle Royal win. It, I, I'm, I'm compelled to defend Anna Jay on this point because, yes, Sky Blue has seemed to improve more in the time that she's been there, but she's also, because she's constantly been taking those L's that you just mentioned on Dark and on... Uh, elevation and doing a lot of the undercard stuff. She's had more time in the ring lately than Anna Jay has too. So when Anna Jay only wrestles once every fucking 10, 12, 15 shows, 
then it kind of makes sense that she wouldn't show as much improvement in the same time frame. It's just not as many reps. Um, and I don't know whose fault that is. I mean, that could be a booking thing. It could just be her not being available, whatever, but, um, or just not having anything creative before ever since she's been able to sort of settle with the JAS shit. But um, I, I, I acknowledge that Sky Blue has done very well, but I don't think it's entirely fair to shit on Anna Jay in the process who really hasn't been wrestling as many matches as part of that problem. Well, I do. <laughs> in her defense as well, the last like big match she had, she got fucking powerbombed with her head hitting the back of the floor by Willow Nightingale through Did off the stage. Did she up her ribs from that or some shit too? So, yeah. Um, um yeah, but I I love the moment with Samoa Joe and Punk in the in the main event. That was fucking awesome for me as someone who was a huge Ring of Honor mark back in the day when it very first started. I thought that was a awesome thing. If that it was real ever, fucking but... cool that the first time they face off they go to picture and picture. Oh, I hated that part. Hated what it. the what? fuck are you thinking? Know. I don't know. And they were and they were like and not even, not only that they had the other picture and picture moment with Samoa Joe and uh, Dax beating the shit out of each other. That pissed me off too. They were chopping the fuck. Out. I wanted to hear that shit. Now I gotta go back and find a fucking version, like on Fight TV or whatever, to try to hear that shit because they were lighting each other up. And then Samoa was like doing the kicks to him, and then Dax gets up and he's like no selling the kicks, and then he chops the fuck out of him again and does some more kicks, and then gets his ass kicked. I was like, dude, why am I not watching this live? Why is I mean I'm watching it live, but why am I watching this during the uh, PIP like that? Why? Why? A terrible moment to go to uh, picture in picture. I don't know whose fault that is. I don't know if that's because um, obviously they have their cues in the match for whatever segments and building to that in whatever pacing or whatever. So I don't know who's calling the, the pacing and timing and all that shit. Uh, but yeah, setting that up for right when I was about to go to break was fucking awful. All right, let's talk about uh, the TNT title change in hand. What do, what, do you like Luchasaurus being the new champion? Do you like it because it might like lead into the whole Jungle Boy versus him? Because I was under the impression after Dynamite that Jungle Boy was going to turn heel on uh, Hook after he loses to Sonata at Forbidden Door, which we'll talk about in a minute as well. Um, I think I have a Forbidden Door thing, yeah. So that match was made official or whatever. And I, then when, with the, with just the way the that backstage segment came off, where it's like, oh, and you're my best friend. And everybody's like, oh, in the, in the audience, I'm sitting there like, when the fuck did Hook become your best friend out of nowhere? Like that, and then he had that weird smile at the end. I was like, dude, this seems like such a setup. Like he's going to lose the Sonata and then be fucking super pissed that he still hasn't won a singles title. And now Luchasaurus has, and he's going to fucking turn on Hook and then go after the FTW title. But now that Luchasaurus has actually won it, I almost feel like he's got to go after Luchasaurus to get the TNT title from him, right? Can't say Christian told him nothing if he does end up doing that turn. Um, I think he, he, there was, they did some Twitter storyline shit too where at, right after Luchasaurus won, Jungle Boy just put congrats with a bunch of dots afterward. Um, so yeah, it's clearly bothering him or whatever. So yeah, they, they could build into a turn. Um, I do think the Luchasaurus thing makes more sense. You could also turn him heel by having him come back around and basically say, look, Christian, we had our problems, but maybe you were fucking right because now you got Luchasaurus with the title uh, that you're carrying around for some fucking reason. I mean, if the only and big match I, he's going to win after leaving Christian is against Christian, yeah, then, I mean, Christian was right. Um, what do you think about... Uh, okay, so we talked a little bit about Andrade, Buddy Matthews, because that easily was the best match of the show. But what did you think of the finish? With him using Rhea Ripley's move and then Andrade using Charlotte Flair's move to beat him. 
That was awesome, right? I thought it was cool. That was a neat little... uh, Especially because the two people that they took their moves from, not only are their girlfriends slash wife, it's because they were also feuding. They had two of the biggest WrestleMania feuds in their careers was against each other. So I thought that was also awesome. Yeah, when he was doing the when he was doing the figure four at first, I thought it was like a Ric Flair thing. When he went up into that fucking figure eight, I was like, oh, okay, see what we're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was cool. I didn't mind it. Uh, normally, you see that a lot the other way around, where you know Nikki Bella will do a fucking F five or AJ Lee will do a uh, go to sleep or whatever. Um, so I not an F five. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, attitude, attitude adjustment. adjustment. Um, <laughs> I want to see Nikki Bella do a fucking F five. And then Bree um, does the yes kicks. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's normally very, like, moves in one direction. So it was neat to see it move the other direction. Both of them do it, and then everybody acknowledge it because their their girl, their girlfriends or wives or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah, Andrade wife, buddy, married, girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but not only that, it's because are, I mean it makes them look even more awesome, even though they're in WWE. It makes them look even more credible as well because they're so dominant in WWE compared to a lot of other people. To use their move just makes them more so, honestly. So I mean, they're make their AEW has fucking impact in WWE at the same time. Like it's crazy. Like I don't, I hate everything that AEW does. It makes me dislike WWE a little bit more because they act like no one else exists. And every time AEW acts like WWE exists and is honestly helping them out without them even realizing it. Well, I mean, I'm sure AEW realizes it, but without WWE realizing that they're actually technically getting helped out, it just annoys me even more when they purposefully omit new japan or AEW or impact it's very annoying and that'd be a really easy thing for charlotte and maria to play off of in a few two just be like oh yeah if she did some shit like my like man we, beat your man type deal like we yeah. like we saw last saturday yeah i'll beat i'll figure eight beat i'll beat you like, I, like i'll beat no, you no. like your boy got beat on june 17th you know like whenever because technically yeah. they're not in a feud right now ria's right on a different brand, but yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, what else do we haven't talked about? Uh, that's I mean, Miro's back. Obviously, it was a squash, but it was awesome. Yeah. yeah Got a good. good reaction. Yeah. Um, you know, by the way, about the Buddy Matthews-Andrade uh, thing, do you think we eventually get House of Black versus LFI now? It seemed kind of like that's where they were going at the end, because Andrade, was, he wasn't doing heel shit. He was trying to shake I know a lot of people like Roosh, right? Yeah, like he's been getting some good groundswell support, especially online as well. So yeah, because people want to see him beat the shit out of Sam Buck. <laughs> people just want to see Roosh beat the shit out of anybody, honestly. But yeah. Roosh, so you got Roosh and not Andrade, but where does Preston Vance fit into that? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to use Jalistico, not Preston Vance, right? I, I can't um, see people just cheering for Preston Vance out of nowhere after fucking turning on negative one in the dark yeah. order. He's, he's kind of, I, well, here's the thing, too. They don't necessarily have to be face-face. Because face. I don't think... Yeah, Rouge they just got to be facing this feud. Faces. Yeah, they just got to right. be facing this feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. It's, you just make, you make people want them to win, but it doesn't make them good guys. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily an issue. I mean, I don't, also, think, anybody, I don't think anybody... In LFI, based off of what LFI stands for and LIJ would stand for, you can be good guys anyway, right? That's right. Exactly. So, like, he's still going to come out there and get the rope and beat the shit out of people with rope and all this other shit. So, like, they're still going to cheat and all this stuff. So, it'll be it'll be more to the uh, Eddie Guerrero side of it. And people like it because it's funny and, hey, that, that just makes too much sense not to do. Instead of the House of Black side where, hey, you didn't really have to do that, but you did it anyway. Now we're kind of pissed off at you. 
Yeah, and here's I think if they are telling us if that's what they're building to, I think that that should be the time when the house rules or whatever finally fucks them over. Like they, that's how they end up winning. Um, Lucha Libre just, rules. Yeah, something like that, like Mexican tag rules or something like that. We don't if one of us goes to the outside, the other one could just come in. That kind of shit, which obviously House of Blackism is used to and whatever. Um, and then it gives them a good out for losing. Uh, so it's nice that it's kind of built in for whenever they do decide to have the draw title. But yeah, I thought that was a, I thought it was a good match. I like the, my only thing was the, the ending of it. It doesn't really make sense except that, uh, Brody and, and Malachi might be upset that Buddy just got beaten. But beyond that, like I don't, there's not really. Like, yeah, it really... was, it was weird. It was, I think it was only weird because Andrade's going to give him a handshake. It wasn't like Andrade was beating him down after the match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, if Buddy would have, if Buddy would have, uh, lost and then got beaten down, and then House of Black shows up, that technically makes them the face, though. So if you want right. the other, if you want them to be face, what you do is Andrade wins and Buddy Matthew gets pissed off, and then he beats him down. And Lij comes, I mean Lfi comes out instead, which would have made yeah. more sense to me, but. It's whatever. Or or LI or LFI comes out, just Jalistico, maybe Jose the assistant, obviously, and uh Rouge come out, and then right as soon as they hit the ring, that's when the lights go out. And then you bring up Malachi and Brody and they just have a stare down and everybody's like, Holy shit, holy shit, and then you just the lights go back out and they disappear, and then you can do that. That would have been cool to me. Yeah. It it does seem out of character for Andrade and the whole thing that they're doing with LFI to have him even try to do the handshake. But well, Andrade was getting a huge face reaction in that match with Buddy, though. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. I thought it was by far the best match of the night. Though, towards, All right, grade uh, the show overall, and then we can move on. Uh, ABC? ABC, pluses, minuses, whatever. Uh, it's like an A minus. I thought it was really good all the way around. All the matches are solid. Yeah, we're not far um, off. I gave it an A. On both yeah. polls, I saw two polls with the with the grades like that with the grades like that, and I gave it an A on both polls, and that was actually winning on both different polls too. My my two complaints were just you had Miro doing a squash match, which you know is kind of where he was at when he left. I would just, I would rather see him go against somebody a little bit more credible, even if not like top of the card guy, somebody that you didn't immediately like when he comes back, you pretty much immediately knew he was going to win, right? But with the Buddy and Andrade thing, you there are circumstances where you could have assumed maybe House of Black comes out and interferes and fucks them over. So I just assumed that was time-related because you got to remember that main event was, went very long. For no fucking reason. It, it didn't need to go that long. That dropped, that actually dropped down the the, match, the card the show score for me, too. That match didn't need to be that long. It's like they were stalling for time so that Punk could say he had a 30-minute match where he did fucking what, like three in-ring segments and was getting carried through. My only issue one. with the time thing is like, if you have, if, if, and I love Juice Robinson, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody thinking I'm hating on Juice Robinson. If you have Juice Robinson over there and you know he's taking the pin, don't you don't need a 30-minute match. Now, if that was somebody else, <laughs> if that was somebody else on the level of Samoa Joe and Jay White at this very moment, then a 30-minute match makes sense. But That's if right. you know, you knew, everybody knew Juice is taking the pin right there. Yeah, either that or or they left and Samoa Joe got beaten down by all three. That was my other prediction for how that ended up. Because it's not like they have any real tie to him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think anybody was surprised by the outcome. Um, but yeah, just the my, the two the two things that really brought it down for me, well, three I guess. Uh, the Miro match didn't need to be a squash. He could have shortened up the, the long match. CM Punk's performance wasn't great. I thought his promo wasn't really that good. The whole like. Tell me when I'm telling a lie. That's so fucking boring, dude. 
Well, I mean, um, he's done that before. It was a callback. I know. Yeah, but he did it like five fucking times in his promo. I was like, you're just out of shit to say. Um, and then the with the with the TNT match... I do love the new Larry shirt. I might buy that. I'm not going to lie. The Larry shirt was pretty cool. With the TNT title match, I didn't have a problem with the match, but I am a little bit worried what they do with Wardlow now. What? I mean, what? What? I, just, I said it on Twitter. I said, dude, I don't... I know I'm not usually a fucking... Uh, hey, I hate this change of way, the way they look, but I swear, man, ever, ever since he cut his hair and then... Cut his hair, had, like, yeah, yeah. Cut his hair and then had the the trunks go from shorts to uh, tights at the bottom mm-hmm. to trunks rather, I should say from uh, shorts to trunks. It just, yeah. it looks like a, it looks like a regular ge- generic fucking creator wrestler at the moment. I just, there's nothing special about him, different looking about him. And it, it's right. really taken me out of him. It's really taken me out of him as a whole, which usually doesn't happen with me. Honestly, you're trying to see some more cheeks. That's what you always say to that. No, I think I, I think actually that... cheeks. But if I wanted to see cheeks, I just wait for Sammy Guevara's <laughs> match to come out there. Who wears fucking shit that doesn't fit him constantly? Um, that had to, I, I imagine that change was probably like a comfort thing though, because they they did ride up his ass pretty fucking often. Um, I, I probably would have changed the shorts too. Um, no, he changed from shorts to the day. No. He wasn't wearing shorts. He was wearing he he went from short bottoms to uh, trunks like Ric Flair at the bottom. And yes, I agree. They're, they're, they don't, I mean, they fit well for women, I'm sure, watching the show. I mean, it just doesn't look, it looks more like a fucking one-piece bathing suit to me. <laughs> Instead of shorts at the bottom. It doesn't look like a Rick, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner singlet like it should be looking. No, Andre. I'm, not, I'm just not a, I'm not a huge fan of just the aesthetic. Poss- I, I don't know why it's taking me out of it so much, because he's really not changed anyway in the ring or on the mic. He's still good on the mic. He's still, you can still understand what the fuck he's saying. He doesn't stumble yeah. over his words. He still does that, cool moves. The hair I, thing is not like it was that much hair or anything either. So it's, yeah, yeah just, it is, but it's but weird. it's something that no one else in the company had like that though. No yeah, one really had the man bun going on with the side stuff, and he had it edged up on the front too. Like no one else had that, and now he just has regular ass hair that everyone has. Like I, nah, I'm just not. I'm not feeling him right now. It sucks Wardlow, because I, I like him. Warlow, you got to grow out a rat tail, man. Just leave for a while. Tail. Leave, just leave for a while. Leave for a yeah. while. Grow it back out. Come back when, uh, like MJF goes on his tear and maybe answer his challenge. And I bet the fucking fans would pop. I bet they would. Could do that. Yeah. Or you could you could have the alternate scenario where he just he feels like he tried to turn to Arn Anderson that didn't work out. He's tried to do things the face way that didn't work out. Now he goes back to Max and says, "Look, man, you're the fucking world champion." Well, I mean, they worked out, I but they're not sustainable. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's three times fucking champion. And uh, what do you have fucking work for me? What do you need? Because I'm fucking tired of losing. You could do that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would actually breathe new life into the MJF thing, too, because a lot of people are getting tired of this new thing that he's doing. But, I mean, it was the same thing he was doing before with Wardlow. Just you had the extra step of, hey, you got to get through Wardlow before you can get to me type deal. They go back to that. I'm okay with that, too, but... Wardlow's gonna still gonna have to start talking more. Like you've already you've already presented him as a as a person that can talk. So then going back silent constantly with MJF wouldn't really make that much sense either. So you'd have to find a way to balance that. What do you think about the uh, CM Punk's bag? Oh, I'm fine with it. Like he he didn't take it out. He didn't come back out to the ring with it later on his shoulder. Like he didn't take it out of the bag. I'm fine with it as long as either it stays in the bag and off TV. Or if they're if they when he does take it out of the bag, they immediately announce that we're fucking he's out of match with MJF and there's only gonna be one champion. 
I, I swear to God, if there's fucking two world champions with the exact same title, like it's fucking Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon with the IC titles or some shit, I am going to lose my fucking mind. I don't want a second world title, and I don't want two of the same world title. I don't want well, that at all. Isn't that just the Punk Cena shit all over again? Um, yeah, that too. Yeah. But um, I, I don't mind it as a narrative device to set up why he should be wrestling MJF if and when that happens. But from the match last night, that motherfucker is nowhere near ready to have a match of that level. Well, yeah. maybe that is part of the scenario of why they're not just immediately jumping into it, right? Yeah. Because you still got to go Forbidden Door, which we're going to talk about in a few. He doesn't um, have a match here, does he? Who? Punk. No, but the rumors is Kenta, but I don't know if it's going to actually happen or not. Listen, if you're going to complain about fucking Hangman being too stiff, Kenta's going to fucking hurt you. Like, Never that's... Kenta's a stiff motherfucker. I don't know how good the match would be anyway. I mean, I'd be hyped to see it, but I don't know how good the match would be on either side, honestly. Well, I don't think Kenta would even want it because they're going to tell him, of course, you have to lose. And his whole thing the whole time has just been feeling disrespected by Punk. I think it would be fine as long as neither one of them get pinned by the GTS. If you have them both hit a GTS on each other and they both kick out, and then Kenta loses by the Anaconda Vice instead, I think that would be fine. Yeah, um, but I, it, or the Pepsi plunge, or whatever, like if you big, can even still do like, that. Yeah, I hope it doesn't become. Well, I don't. <laughs> I hope it doesn't become like a big narrative device until it, it's relevant and the MJF thing, and that's like imminent. I don't want to see him well, until Punk can hold his own. And, yeah, until Punk can hold his own and get back in ring shape or whatever the fuck he has to do, then I don't want to see it anyway. Right now, anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, he he did look good, and that's being nice. All right, so. let's move on. So you, I gave it an A. You gave it an A minus. That's pretty. That's pretty close. We had pretty much a similar uh, experience there. Pretty good show though for debut Saturday night show. I'll be watching it again, obviously next week. So I I love that it's on Saturday. Um, next up, we got to talk about the other big storyline going on in wrestling. It's the Bloodline Civil War. <sighs> Who will be the ones at Money in the Bank? It will be Roman and Solo versus the Usos as uh, Jay finally fucking turned on. Roman on SmackDown uh, popped everybody big. Obviously, this is really the only storyline worth talking about in WWE right now. Um, so that's why we made it its own segment. Uh, so what I want to know from you is, do you think that even though they were going super fucking slow with the storyline, and we were like, man, we need to speed this up, do you not think that they possibly sped it up too much right now by having this match at Money in the Bank? Instead of no. a bigger pay-per-view? Yeah, that makes sense. You, you, you're okay with seeing this match main event, Money in the Bank? I have two more weeks to build it, right? As far as weekly shows. Um, yeah, it's on, it's on Saturday, July 1st. Now, the yeah. only thing they got going for them is that, obviously, the fans are going to fucking be nuts because it's in England. Mm -hmm. All right, so I, I'm okay with that part of it. But I just feel like Money in the Bank, which already has so much attention around the two Money in the Bank matches, didn't need this match. We could have saved this for the next pay-per-view. Now, I'm not talking about SummerSlam, because SummerSlam's got to be a world title match, right? Um, so maybe him versus Jay there for the, for the world title. But well, I think I, that's why it makes sense, right? Because you can't have... But is, well, I thought SummerSlam was in August, not July. Not, uh, yeah, well, maybe, yeah, well, okay, maybe you're right. Okay, because if, if this is their only July show and they're not going to Saudi, obviously. Yeah, okay, all right. No, you're right. Because if well, it's in July... Only... I mean, if it's in August, rather, my bad. Yeah. Um, I keep looking at the fucking graphic that says July, but 
If it's in August, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Not only that, but but know, no, but watch- the Usos have to win here. Then, yes, the Usos have to win this match, or it doesn't make any sense for him to have to defend the title against Jay at fucking SummerSlam. I agree. Yep. What did you think about the segment when he actually finally turned? Though, was it good? Do I mean? Well, I mean, <laughs> was it good? Like I didn't watch it. I watched it. Was it good to you? I okay. Just from a cohesive storytelling point of view. Some of the shit that Jay was saying to Jimmy before he eventually was like, oh, I'm out too. It didn't really follow with like a logical train of thought for Jay agreeing. Like there's other shit that he could have been saying and then have Roman sort of slowly realize in the background, like, oh, wait, this is not going the way. And then have that fucking turn happen as opposed to him just basically shitting on Jimmy for like two minutes and then being like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm with you and then kicking him. That part, I didn't. I wasn't really into. I thought it would have made way more sense if he does that and then sort of goes into, you know, but you were trying to look out for me when I was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then we've been tag team champions X number of times and blah, and then have Roman sort of starting to look like, hey, man, what the fuck are we trying to say? Like, well, and then do that. That that made way more sense to me. Um, overall, though, I mean, it got a good reaction, so you can't complain too much. Uh, narratively, as far as being like logically cohesive and all that, I thought that the promo could have made a little bit more sense. All right, um, so when, when this all happens, like, do you think the next step is after the Usos beat Roman and Solo, that Solo breaks off from Roman next? And it's like, like maybe Roman tries to blame the loss on Solo, and then Solo's like, nah, fuck this, I'm out too? That could happen at the match. So, what, what, I mean, there could be something that happens in the yeah, match. That could be the reason why Reigns, Roman loses stuff. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Reigns gets frustrated with Solo, pushes him, Solo fucking pushes him back, kicks him out, and then they do double splashes or whatever. And, and the well, Solo just Solo walks out. And then we, we don't know one, if he yeah, left. Yeah, because yeah, you know, obviously you have to build to SummerSlam. Hey, are you going to be in my fucking corner or not? Because you know he's going to have him in his corner type deal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could I could see that the whole... It also gives Roman plausible deniability for losing because it'll be his first loss and who the fuck knows how long um, as far as like getting pinned. Because he's if, if the finish isn't to pin Solo and then have Reigns blame him over the next few weeks, then obviously Reigns would be the one taking the pin, which I don't think he's taking a pin in it. Like, obviously, they lost the tag match, but Solo took the pin against uh, KO and Sammy. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, Solo hasn't been pinned since Baron Corbin in 2019. But my other question is, okay, let's say that this whole thing leads up to August SummerSlam. It's Roman versus Jay. Jay's not winning, all right? All reports are saying that Roman is going to keep the title till WrestleMania 40. So my biggest question coming out of SummerSlam would be, what the fuck do you do with the Usos after they do all that and still lose to Roman? They just go back into the tag team title picture and ignore that Roman exists? Or do they try to get Solo to go after him instead and he has a singles match against Solo at Royal Rumble or something like that? Or Solo wins Royal Rumble? What the, like, what the fuck do you do? That's a lot uh, of time in between SummerSlam and WrestleMania 40. You could have... Sami Zayn talk up Jay into building a new bloodline. The new bloodline is the Usos, Solo, Sami, and KO. And then Reigns is like, fuck you, we got other relatives. And then brings in uh, Hikuleo, uh, G.O.D., fucking <laughs> all, all the other Samoans from everywhere else. I don't and think they're related, like, though. It doesn't matter. Jacob Fatu is. He could bring in Jacob. That would be cool. Um... No, I mean Tamatanga is uh is is not I forget what their relation like their relation is so fucking weird to figure out, right? But um Tama's 
Tama's uncle is Haku, right? No, his dad is Haku. I think so. I think blood wise, his uncle is Haku, but Haku is his adoptive uh, father. I know it's fucking weird, but like there's a lot of weird shit. Haku's Tongan, though. He's not Samoan, right? But he's a he's a okay. No, it's not it's not the same bloodline though. Is what I'm saying. He's a nephew, so he's not like blood blood, but he is in the family. Because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Haku like adopted him and his brother. So that's like their dad, but by blood, it's just their uncle. Yeah, Haku I mean not by blood. Him. All right. Um, I don't know who he's related to. Tongan, he's you could bring in Haku. Fuck it, dude. He's the stronger. He's the fucking toughest motherfucker. Uh, let's see. Yes, he has four children, including Tongaloa, Tamatanga, and Hikaleo. So there's your yeah. new stable right there. But I don't think they're related, though. To Roman, I mean. Um. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Look. They used to sell fucking Yokozuna as Samoa, okay? Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> I mean, as Japanese, rather. So nobody gives a shit if you, if you say some Tongans or the new bloodline. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there's there's interesting stuff they could do. So, we'll see. Yep, I got it right here. Tama Tonga and Real Roman, Roman Reigns related. The answer is no. Both superstars come from two distinctive in indigenous communities as the name suggests tamatanga comes from the tongan lineage while roman reigns hails from the samoan anoai family tree so they are not technically related um tonga is often mistaken for the tonga kid which is uh fatu although he isn't related to the group his father has close relations with rakishi they even teamed up inside the ring and considered themselves brothers so i mean they got that so they are connected they're just not blood related at all so I guess if you wanted to go on the outside of that, I mean, WWE fans are stupid anyway, so it's not that serious. I, we used to get tricked all the time that we we thought Edge and Christian were brothers. We thought Kane and Undertaker were brothers. We thought fucking, um, uh, there was a fucking, another Von Eric that wasn't really a Von Eric back in the day. You know, like, they, they can do whatever the fuck they want. It's wrestling. It's not that big of a deal. But I'm just saying they're not actually related. But I wouldn't have a problem with it if he brought in all three of those dudes and that was his new bloodline. That'd be fucking cool. But then who the fuck does, uh, who do the Usos get? Because that's four on three. They'd have to get somebody too. Rikishi? <laughs> no, Sammy. Dude, I would fucking pay. Oh, yeah, Sammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I would pay, I would pay, pay big money. Big money if we had five on five with that. And you had Haku and Rikishi standing across the ring from each other. I would watch that. I bet they could beat the shit out of each other still. Their movesets are not that big of a deal to be like, oh, that match wouldn't be good. No, they're going to beat the shit out of each other and it would be fucking awesome. Who ain't taking a fucking stink face at his age? Bro. No, I don't. He don't need to. This is more the serious Fatu, Rakishi. You call him Rakishi Fatu or something like that. When he's wearing sunglasses but not dancing. Yeah, you don't have to come when out he, there dancing and shit. Not when he's that. running over people. It don't matter. Haku would fuck him up. Haku sixty four, I believe it said when I just looked that up. He could still beat the shit out of people. Is, I did it for the Rock Rakishi. No. He would turn CM Punk into dust with one chop. All right, so uh, I, uh, excitement levels for this one through ten for the Money in the Bank. Like, is 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 this making you tune into Money in the Bank? Three p.m. Fucking, Eastern. 
Or is it going? Are you are you more excited to see this or the two Money in the Bank matches? Because we all have a feeling that LA Knight's winning this fucking Money in the Bank, right? Why, why do they keep trying to make him a heel? I don't fucking know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But because uh, I got that on the Usi or not Usi type deal, we're going to talk about the Money yeah. in the Bank Jesus participants. But, That's but so yeah, so are you more? I, I guess my question is: Are you watching Money in the Bank now that this match has been announced more for this match here or more for the Money in the Bank matches? I was probably going to watch it either way. I'm not, no, I get I'm not it, like, but like, which one are you more excited about? Like, if if one didn't exist, and obviously money is called Money in the Bank, let's just take that out of it. If the Money in the Bank didn't exist, would you still be as excited for this That's match? Thing, if this excited. didn't exist, would you still be more excited for the Money in the Bank matches? I'm not excited for the fucking Money in the Bank match at all. So I guess, really. Okay, but you are, are you somewhat excited. like intrigued? Okay, what, what, intrigued then, I guess, is the better word? I would be excited if LA Knight wins. Other than that, I don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, we're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about that later. Because you're not going to just come in here and disparage Pete Dunne, which is how he's going to come out to this fucking it, match. No, he's No, he's don't you do it on this fucking show. No, don't no, you do it. Pete Dunne is going to come back as Pete Dunne at this show in England. And if he wins, I'm not going to be mad at it. I know, okay, that's fine. But you're not saying I'm going to be mad if LA Knight doesn't win. If it's Pete Dunne that wins, why would you still be mad? Because they haven't done shit with him forever, and you know he's just this is where the launching point. This is the launching point right here. Your fucking money in the bank, Austin Theory, won the fucking money in the bank, dude. Come on, don't don't so start don't start your shit on this show right now. I will block you. I will block you. Fucking, I will mute you on this show right you, now. Are you trying to use Austin Theory's career trajectory as an argument that his lack of that, career trajectory? But he had the opportunity, though. He had the fucking money in the bank. I can't hope that he doesn't know how to fucking work the money I, in the bank. How we had this conversation, he doesn't know when to start it. He doesn't know what title to go after with it. He was completely oblivious. Pete Dunne is not going to have that problem. Pete Dunne is smarter than Austin Theory. I hope Pete Dunne wins it and then cashes it in for the NXT UK Heavyweight Championship. And since it's vacant, they just hand it to him. And now he's I'd be okay with that. Him. I'd be okay with that. I'd also be okay with him going after Gunther, honestly. Mm. Either yeah, way, I'm sense. cool with that. Isn't he the one that beat him for the NXT one? Gunther beat him, yes, record. after his longest run and then beat his record. Yeah, I'd be okay with that too. Um, all right, let's, let's move on now because you're pissing me off. All right, let's go. Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door. Look, we talked about it a little bit earlier. We got a new match. Why did you pick this fucking match? Oh, because we're going to talk about it. I was because about to say, why the fuck because did you it's pick the this match one. to highlight the... It, it, was the newest okay. one re- it was the newest one announced, because we don't really know if MJF is going to take place yet, technically. Yes, we do. All right? Oh, yes, so, did, you, did you see... Uh, there's no way we know. Did you see Tanahashi's promo after the, the most recent NJPW show? It was like a backstage Oh, he had another one? No, I have not seen it. What did he say? There's a backstage post-match one where he, he was acting like he couldn't remember MJF's name. So he kept saying, M-I-F-M-M-D-M-D. That's so good. He's, he's, yeah. doing, he's pulling the Mercedes Monet on his ass. And then That's what I'm at, the, at the end of it, he finally remembers it. He goes, M-J-F. Okay, I'll try to remember that. I'm in the mood for some alphabet soup. And just fucking leaves. <laughs> What the fuck, dude? Weirdest fucking promo. I'm in the mood for alphabet suit because he had to keep remembering <laughs> yeah. letters. That's fucking hilarious, yeah. dude. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the only official match that we know about, I assume that the other one will be made official after Dynamite because I'm sure MJF is going to be pissed that That's the graphic, graphic is up after it. he said no. By the way, that promo was fucking hilarious. Uh, he's like, nah, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm so, good. It was so funny, dude. It work for me, brother. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, but anyway, Omega versus Osprey, Okada versus Danielson, Sonata versus Jungle Boy, and now MJF Tanahashi. Current thoughts on the current lineup? We talked about it last time. 
We were very hyped for you on the show, Omega and Osprey and Okada Danielson. Now you got a couple more. Uh, you got the actual two main uh, title matches for the two companies set up. What do you think it's about funny, these two matches they, being they don't, they don't feel like the biggest matches in the cards at all. And I can't fucking imagine, even with it being a cross-promotional show, that they put Sonata and, and Jungle Boy on at any point after Omega Osprey. No fucking way on earth. There's no match that's going to follow that. No, so, unless, well, no, here's the thing. See, it can be used as a filler match, though, because it's just Sonata, right? Um, let's be real. So, well, it could no, be, it's it could just, be, you could literally open the show with Omega Boy. versus Osprey and be just fine. I think that's going to wear the crowd the fuck out. I don't know about that one. Um, also, I mean, it is for the, the U.S. title, so it's not like a nothing match. No, no, it's a title um, match. Yeah, you're right. But I'm, I'm just saying, you could you could start at Omega Osprey, and you could literally main event with Okada Danielson, and I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. I Because that whole build-up is literally who's the best in the world. So, like, that's got something on the line, too. Like, that's a, that's a big-ass dream match. We've seen Omega versus Osprey already once. Just, You've never seen a, Okada versus Danielson. From a political point of view when they're co-booking a show the last time the main event was for the AEW title it was Tanahashi versus Moxley right? and I I think obviously on this one since it's Jungle Boy they're not going to have that main event there's no fucking way but I could see an argument for them trying to say Tanahashi is a big enough guy like a big enough star or whatever and MJF is our current champion so that should main event um I just, I would feel fucking, I feel bad for anybody that's going to follow either the Okada match or the Omega match. That's, that's going to be fucking rough. That's going to be two very high intensity matches. Um, I'm excited for the show. I don't, I mean, the Jungle Boy match is, it's a foregone conclusion. Like, the man's not fucking winning. He's not winning the IWGP fucking heavyweight championship. I don't give a shit. I would if be, he's got, I, like, I mean, and, the and the, you're accurate. And, and the funny thing is, it's like, this is, this is the one time so far in the two years that you might think that a title would change when you see Sonata is going to be going into this pay-per-view as champion, but then they put him against Jungle Boy, and it's like, oh, never mind. No, he's not. Right. I mean, unless, unless Hook helps him, man. You know, I imagine if, if this doesn't end in, like, a Jungle Boy turn, that uh, maybe there's a Hook-Sonata stare. I just don't see how you end. I agree with you. I don't see how you end this show with... Because they ended the show last time, last year, with the four-way for the IWGP title and then the Moxley versus Tanahashi match. There's no way that if you're flipping it this year because now you're having Japan in the finals, you're not having Sonata Jack Perry go on last. You're not even having him going on second to last with uh, MJF and Tanahashi going on last. I just don't see that happening. I could It'd be, be wrong. A- Tony does love having those title matches in the main event instead, but... When you got Osprey Omega sitting there and fucking Danielson versus Okada, it's going to be very hard to place these matches on the card. I think the the one argument you can make for having those two matches, the last two matches, is if you put Jungle Boy Sonata as second to last and then MJF Tanahashi as the main, because then Sonata Jungle Boy gets the, it's basically the intermission match between Omega the Osprey and match. the yeah, 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 main the cool yeah, which is crazy for an IWGP title match. But functionally, I mean, it could work like that on the card and still fit within the parameters. And that's not Tony Khan's fault. That's just where New Japan is right now. I think the other problem with that is you've got such a fucking hot card then for two hours and the last hour was like just, eh, you know, it'd probably be a good match. I'm not going to say it's not going to be a good match. 
Are we but, thinking that Claudio and Eddie are going to fight each other? For the Ring yeah. of Honor title, right? Yeah. Because technically, yeah. Eddie is in New Japan right now, right? With the G1, so he's Forbidden Door. Yeah. That's Forbidden Door right there. That makes sense. I and mean, that would make sense why he came in to uh, attack Claudio or whatever at the end of the show. Well, we didn't uh, even talk about that ending, but that was, a, that was a sick ending, too. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was the attitude, it was the Attitude Era. It was an Attitude Era-like ending, but they actually had a finish to their match for their main event instead of it being no DQ yeah, or, or, or throw out. Yeah, they actually had an ending to their match, then they did the crazy shit at the end. That was awesome. Uh, okay, so, all right, so we know you're hyped for Omega and Osprey and Okada Danielson, obviously. As someone who's going, Sonata and Jungle Boy and MJF Tanahashi, how hyped are we about these two matches? MJF Tanahashi would be interesting if they can get some time together to work and plan some stuff out beforehand. Um, I don't know if they if they try to call that in the ring, I don't know how, how smooth or good that's going to be. Probably a lot of like chain wrestling shit, but not like in a exciting good way. More like in a ten minutes of rest holds in an eighteen minute match kind of way. Um, not rest holds, which you know. Um, All right, so let me let me throw this out at you. I, I mean, this is obviously just a bullshit uh, creative uh, fantasy booking moment or whatever. Let's say CM Punk versus Kenta does happen. CM Punk wins, and it's early on in the show. MJF beats Tanahashi, obviously, right? If Tanahashi ain't gonna beat Moxley, he's not gonna beat MJF here. Um, MJF beats him. Guess who was supposed to fight Tanahashi originally? CM yeah. Punk. So CM Punk comes out and does like the old school New Japan thing where he comes out and then that kind of like signifies that, hey, I'm still here. I'm coming after you type deal. Could you see that what happening? What if he comes out in the devil mask? Um, I mean, yeah. whatever. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I, think, I just look with that being a week away, I think it's too soon for that build. Yeah, that's um, why I was asking. That's why I was asking. We just said that. I don't know if I want to see that that early. But could you see it happening anyway, though? Just because we don't want to see it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. If they're doing that, it'd, it'd have to be like at least a three-month build. Because I don't think that even all-in would be, really be in time. So they'd be building for something. In, yeah. um, Do you think we're building all-in to be Sting versus Jericho one-on-one? And not Forbidden Door, obviously. Can they carry a 1v1? For for one match on a card, it's not the main event, bro. Yeah, they can carry. Yeah, fucking yeah, they can. They can. I, I know. I know. Jericho no DQ. Can. You have to make an ODQ or some shit like that, though, obviously, with the two bats know, and I, everything. I know Jericho can. I just I, Sting has always done some really good work, but a lot, it's all tag shit, where he's got like a lot of downtime in between spots, a lot of like, you know. Um, It'll be a slower a, moving match and probably be more storytelling driven or whatever. But yeah, I think they could easily tell a match. If fucking Jericho and Hooventude could have done did a match, Sting and fucking Jericho could do a match. Hooventude, I don't think has the mileage that Sting has on that on that body. Um, I don't know about all that, the, the the mileage was starting is the mileage on Sting got put on in overdrive here in AEW when he started doing crazy shit that he never did before. The motherfucker never dove off shit before. That's the thing though; it's like one spot, and then he's he does a couple hot tags or whatever. But it's not like he's like. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the difference. What we've seen him do is he'll do, like, one crazy spot. He'll do some really good good hot tags. He'll do some, like, funny comedy-type stuff with the, the 2.0 matches or the Orange Cassidy shit or whatever. But it's not like he's, like, having matches. Not in, like, any sort of traditional sense. So, I mean, if you want to fit Darby on the card, too, then, yeah, you got to have to make it a tag team match. I just, I don't know. I'd rather see Sting versus Jericho one-on-one just to have it. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I wouldn't... 
I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's fucking Jericho and fucking uh, Sammy or Jericho and Garcia versus Darby and Sting or something like that. Well, if it, the the Sammy thing makes more sense because they have to build to his leaving JAS. Yeah, but how soon is All In though? Uh, September. Yeah, see, that's too far away. No, he's gonna break off before that. I I strongly believe he's gonna break off before that. September twenty seventh. Okay, so we got all of July, August, and then the end of September. I fully do not expect Sammy Guevara to still be in JAS by September. If that's accurate. Um, August. August 27th. Oh, okay. Well, that's still, that's still a ways away. I mean, it, depending on if they want to have Jericho versus Sammy at all out. Out. Yeah. So if they want to have that, then... All right. Um... Well, levels to this one through ten. How hyped are you now about Forbidden Door? And what match would you? Which match have they not announced that you would like to see as a fan? That is actually going. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Lance Archer do something. Uh, Samoa Joe and Zack Sabre Jr. is pretty much confirmed. It'll be the television title versus television title. I don't know if it's going to take all the. Um. What if they did? Uh, what if they did? Um, Samojo versus Zack Saber Jr. versus Orange Cassidy with Wade. Zack Saber Jr. is going to have the he interrupted him. They like it's all three champions, and you just don't have the titles on the line, and then you see who wins. You could do that. I do. I do hope they do something with Orange Cassidy, but it's, it'll be hard to do that with his whole story basically being I'm worn the fuck out, and then put him against somebody in New Japan that would be an interesting matchup, and not have him and make it make sense for him to win. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Lance Archer. Uh, what do you mean? I, I would even throw Shibata in there too. Like, cause okay, so like, you can't just have straight singles matches, right? We all know that. The what is pure champion? So if you I know, but that's what I'm saying. You could have a four match, corners, right? four corners champions match, and literally just not have any of the titles on the line, and then just have somebody win. Ain't no big deal. Yeah, the we don't have to have all the titles on the line. We don't have that many. Yeah. We don't have that many fucking matches on our hands, bro. Between New Japan and AEW and Ring of Honor, you know how many fucking matches that would be. Not everybody can have their d- title defended. So I'd be okay with Shibata versus Samoa Joe versus uh, Orange Cassidy versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. I think that would be a cool fucking match. They won't do it because obviously they already all have matches on the fucking card. But I really wanted to see House of Black versus uh, the Chaos Three Man Tag Team Champions. Um, well, it wouldn't shock me at all because of what just happened on Collision that House of Black goes against LIJ, who are affiliated with LFI. Mm. Or used to be. Well, still connected. Yeah, I mean, loosely still connected, yes. Or maybe even, yeah, a, could, or maybe even a version of that. Andrade. Like, you could just throw Andrade in there with Naito, Naito or something like that. Someone else, yeah. But I don't know, because I don't know if Andrade's still got the AAA connection like Rouge does and Bandito, which we're going to talk about soon. So I know if Andrade is allowed to be on there or not. Um, what else? Yeah, Orange Cassidy, I would like to see defend his belt. Obviously, uh, women's matches. I don't think Mercedes. I'd like to see Orange Cassidy's title be on the line in that match. If you were going to pick a title, like the match that I just presented, that would make the most sense because it's called the international title. Now you're going to be in Canada and going against New Japan dudes too. That would really give it some something. To the actual title fucking name instead of it fucking always being defended in goddamn 
Washington, D.C. The, the problem with that is if you say that not all the titles are on the line, you're kind of giving away the finish that Orange is probably going to lose. Because otherwise... Or like, win. I think a lot of people would think he would, he would be retaining, if anything. I mean, that's, that's what I meant. I don't know why the fuck I said that backwards. But yeah, if you, if you have it where only one title is on the line, it makes it pretty obvious that the guy's going to retain. Um, whereas if you do have all the titles on the line, it actually introduces a, a lot more I mean, interesting shit. Is that really, really it's, a, it's a fan service event. It's not that big of a deal yeah. if, if they do for that one match. Also, like say Samojo doesn't take the pin, right? Say Sag Saber Jr. takes the pin or some shit like that. Um, then Samojo can come out in the AEW programming afterwards and be like, hey, you beat him, you didn't beat me, I'm the king of television, I'm going to take your title type deal and then you can start some shit with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, women's matches-wise, I'd, I'd like to see Willow do something, I don't know, against who. It's kind of weird because she's technically New Japan on the show because she's a New Japan champion. Yeah, that, they've got a lot of that going on right now because of the Eddie Kingston thing too, that's what I'm saying. Like, Eddie Kingston versus Claudio is a thing that we just saw in the main event of a Ring of Honor pay-per-view but it could totally work here because he's in g1 right now and he just came back out to continue the feud with claudio same thing with willow willow won the fucking title when she wasn't supposed to against mercedes because mercedes got hurt and mercedes versus whoever in AEW would have made a lot of sense versus jamie Hayter, but then they both got fucking hurt now they're both missing the event now it's willow who's technically in AEW with a new japan title and if she goes against tony storm in a singles match it totally makes sense even though it's an AEW match so yeah i feel you um, I think the, I mean, well, Kenny too, Kenny's also a WDP US champion. Um, yeah, but at least Osprey is in New Japan, though. If Kenny was going against Christian Cage, then that would be the same thing, yeah. Um, what else would I want to see? Uh, I like, I like to see Pac something, but uh, I don't know what his deal is. You think I they're think saving him for All In, though? Nose. They gotta be saving well, him for all in. They he broke his nose during the the um, the seven series of trios matches, and so he's been out pretty much dealing with that ever since. Um, I don't know if he's even ready or what they would bring him back to do. I think that's somebody else that they'll probably have on collision a lot if and when he is available more frequently. Um, I mean, as much as I I don't really enjoy seeing CM Punk wrestle. Um, I think that they could do a lot of things with uh, narratively with having him have a match. Do you think he? You think it's more? You would you rather see Punk versus Kenta one on one, which I don't think you would, or would you rather see Punk and FTR versus Kenta in like House of Torture, like Kenta Evil and somebody else from Bullet Club? Because you know they gotta have some multi tag matches in this thing. You can't. I mean. J- that's how just how New Japan works, and you got a shit ton of stables in AEW. There's no way that you're not not everything can be one on one, and we've already announced four one on one matches. Yeah. Um. I want to see Hangman do something too, actually. I don't know, man. There's, there's a lot of different. Yeah, I mean, stuff yeah, that you got could... that too. Hangman and the Bucks, obviously, that could also be yeah. another trios type deal. Maybe Adam Hangman Cole versus Naito would be cool. Uh, I don't know. There, like, there's a lot of cool shit they could do. All right, let's move on to our last topic for hot tag topics. Bandito and Roosh are officially done with AAA. Um, 
is this a sign of things to come for AAA for the guys that are in AEW and other promotions? Um, are they falling right before our eyes because of the CMLL and New Japan Alliance? Or do you think this is just a necessary step that they felt like they had to take and it had something to do with not being able to be on things like Forbidden Door and stuff like that? Um, no, I'm, I'm almost a thousand percent sure that it has everything to do with exactly that. Like they're, the thing is you, you have to, you have to look at how much money they're potentially leaving on the table by being told, yeah, you can't do shit with new Japan, um, and having big crossover events and things like, um, forbidden door and whatever so no i i think that is very relevant i think that probably is part of the reason for it um being beholden to a company that's not paying you nearly as much is is a pretty hard fucking sell um so yeah no i i think it's very related to the AAA cmll cmll uh new japan relationship with AEW, all that bullshit so i'm glad they did it though i'd like to see them in some yeah, I'm actually more shocked that Bandito did it than I am Roosh. Roosh is, Roosh is a person that he, do, he doesn't take no shit, like no nonsense kind of guy, you know. Um, so it doesn't shock me that he stood up for himself. Also, he's had he's had issues with CMLL in the past where he left there to go to AAA in the first place. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how that uh, would work if he wants to get into the New Japan stuff with the Forbidden Door. Uh, AEW crossover if CMLL would be okay with it. They'd have obviously have to work out something too because he just came from AAA. No, probably not. Because they would just be like, he's not employed with AAA and him, use, him having yeah, used I don't to think that's how that works. This Mexico is a different is a different animal than than this over here. I don't think that I don't think that's true at, at all. Actually, in fact, I've read completely the opposite in articles about the Roos situation. I think if he doesn't work for AAA and they're just upset because they didn't like the way that he left them, they don't have nearly enough clout to be like, yeah, our our working relationship with, with AEW will be strained because we have a relationship with New Japan and you're working on an No, no, no. AEW I'm saying the, 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 the relationship that would be strained would be between CMLL and New Japan. And New Japan would be like, nah, it's not worth it to bring Roosh in to lose an entire company that we're associated with. I mean, I know they send guys there on excursion and stuff. That's where uh, Yoji just came back from, but... Like, it's not like a, you know, I don't think Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I view AAA as a, as a bigger deal than CMLL, at least in my opinion. I can name you a well, lot I mean, more AAA guys than I can CMLL guys. Yeah, and then they have the bigger events, too, as far as, you know, AAA, not like that, AAA mania, <laughs> all that bullshit, so, uh. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out for sure. For especially for not for this one, but for Forbidden Door three for sure. Um, all right. Hopefully in the fucking states. God damn it. Yeah, it's not gonna be in the states, bro. You already know this. You know oh, this. Dude, if they send that shit to Japan, U.S., boy, Canada, oh. Japan. Japan is next. Mark my words on it. Mark my tweet. I'm gonna tweet it out after the show. Mark it. I'm telling you, it's gonna be in Japan. All right. Your boy's gonna have to start stacking them fucking uh, airline credit card reward churning bullshit things. <laughs> I should be doing on, that already. You better get on it, bro. You better get on that shit. All right, we're gonna go Usi or not Usi next. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Just hasn't been very Usi. If you can't find your inner Usi again. Here we go. 
Usi or not, Usi. Warlow drops the TNT title yet again after another short reign. Usi or not, Usi. Yeah, not Usi. Um, I mean, I'm fine with who they gave it to in, in that sense. Like, See, I, I that's where we differ. That's where we differ. I don't have a problem with it being hot potatoed because, like we've said in the past, it's a title to be hot potatoed because it's defended every week. I actually do have a problem with Luchasaurus winning it. Luchasaurus has done nothing to deserve a, a TNT title run right here. Well, it's not about him. That's why I don't have a, so I don't have a problem with it because it's not about Luchasaurus. It's about Christian Cage. It's it's being used as a narrative device, which is not the same as like a a Luchasaurus is the best wrestler who worked his way up through the fucking fictional ranks and got more book wins booked or whatever. Like I, you know, whatever that has its place. Um, but here I don't. Mind yeah, you're just saying that story- this is more of a WWE driven storyline than a AEW sports based driven storyline. Which I don't hate sometimes. Like, it's, you know, whatever the fuck they're doing where Luchasaurus literally didn't even touch the goddamn belt. I don't know if you noticed that, but Christian Cage held that belt the whole time, carried it out, was over his fucking shoulder. He was the one to hold it up. Luchasaurus never touched it. So the story that they're telling there is essentially, like, it's got to break down at some point into Luchasaurus being like, hey, like, it's my fucking championship. Like... What are you doing? Are so you if the thing, if the thing with Jungle Boy doesn't work out, they just put them back together as a tag team again? I mean, maybe you can have Jungle Boy, you know, be the one trying to talk to him or whatever. Or you could have the thing where Jungle Boy turns and then they, they're all like three a trio. Or, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Um, I don't know that it's best for Jungle Boy's short term within the next one, two year type career to go back to the Christian Cage Jungle Boy or Christian Cage um, Luchasaurus dynamic necessarily but if it's part of a heel turn then that's different um so yeah it just depends on how they do it they've been kind of building to the heel turn anyway they've been building to it with the the christian cage stuff and him saying oh you're not fucking you you can't flip that switch when you need to blah blah blah. and then mjf basically telling the same thing in the four-way he had the chance to win by uh smashing i think it was sammy or whoever the fuck it was in the head with the belt and decided he wasn't going to do it so then he lost that match like, they're just constantly building and building to him eventually saying, like, okay, well, I guess being a good fucking guy ain't working for me. Um, so, I mean, you could tell that story with Christian Cage involved in it and not feel like it's retreading old territory. Yeah, because, because you could just get them all back together and have them all heels instead. Right. You could literally just work it out and Jungle Boy said, hey, if you can't beat them, join them type deal. Cool. All right, next up, Dustin Rhodes. Bruce Pritchard said no one gave a fuck about the natural Dustin Rhodes and they only cared about the gold dust character Usi or not Usi. Uh, Bruce Pritchard's dumb as fuck. What was he talking about? Like what okay. Um What was it was this in a specific context? Like what is I believe it was on a podcast. Already... It was Bruce Pritchard's podcast, and I guess they were just talking about the gold dust character and that Dustin was talking about he wanted to do more the natural Dustin Rhodes type shit. He was saying that way back in the day, or he's saying that now, or what? No, he's not saying it now, because he's not Goldust now, so it doesn't make any sense to say it now. No, no, I understand. So he's saying that back when he was working as Goldust, he, Dustin was saying he didn't want to be Goldust anymore. That's the context I got. Okay. I will say that Goldust was a popular character. I wouldn't, I, but I don't think that's the same thing as saying nobody gave a fuck about the natural. That's it. Um, and if you couldn't make people give a fuck about him without some goofy-ass gimmick attached, that speaks more to your inability to book because 
like when he was doing some of the stuff that he was doing in WCW, it's not like he wasn't uh, popular. Like people knew. Or putting on bangers. Yes, correct. Yeah. Like he, you know. Um, I agree with that because like, okay, so if, if Goldust was so great, then why the fuck was he a world champion? Because he definitely, when he first came in, he had the ability and he was over enough to do that. Why'd you cap him off at the IC title with like two or three short reigns instead of moving his ass up into the world title picture? If Goldust was so great, according to Bruce Pritchard, you know what I'm saying? Like if everybody cared about Goldust and nobody cared about the natural and he's portraying Goldust, then why the fuck wasn't he in the world title picture? He, yeah. he took a gimmick that was made to make him look stupid, and everybody knows it, including Dusty, and he turned it around and made it fucking a viable thing and made an entire career out of it and fucking got so over that he won the fucking IC title. If everybody cared about it, whether he was face or heel as Goldust, especially like, the, I'm talking about the OG Goldust, not the, not the BDSM Lucha, uh, uh, Luna Fashan Goldust. I'm talking about like the OG original version of Goldust. The original vision of Goldust. If he was so over and so good and so uh, enigmatic, why the fuck did you not put him in the next level after the IC title picture? Bruce Pritchard, since you were there, since you were in charge of creative at the time, or you were on the creative team, I mean. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that either. And Dustin replied on Twitter too, by the way. He said that he, he, he likes Bruce Pritchard, but he strongly disagrees. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, and I, I, I still just, if you really look, if you listen to what he's saying and being like as, as nice as possible about what he maybe meant, maybe he just meant like in in relation to Goldust, Goldust had been more over, was selling more merch, like people seem more interested in him or whatever. But I still just feel like that's that's your fault as a booker. That doesn't mean nobody wanted to see it. Because when yeah, he was I'm, a WCW, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting here as a fan saying, Well, you can't tell me that I'm watching the natural Dustin Rhodes over in WCW and that he's not ICW or ICW, IC title material. He's IC title material as, as the natural Dustin Rhodes. He would get to the exact same plateau that he was in WWE because you never moved Goldust up. So how can you tell me that he's, that Goldust was so much better and no one gave a fuck about the natural Dustin Rhodes? That makes no sense. Yeah, because he was US champion in uh, WCW. Multiple times, so, yes. Yeah, and he was, I think, tag champion too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, does, it doesn't make sense. All right, we already touched on it a little bit. Um, Earlier, I don't know why I put it in this one. Oh, no, no, I changed it. My bad. I changed it and I forgot to change it on there. Thank God. Because I was going to say, what? man, we just went in depth about Rush and Bandito. Anyway, Money in the Bank participants is actually the third thing for Usi or not Usi. Uh, Money in the Bank participants, we only got, like, I think one more to be determined, and that's on the women's side. It's going to be Trish or Raquel. So it'll probably be Trish. Um, Usi or not Usi. For the men's side, we've got. Santos, LA Knight, Ricochet, Shinsuke, hopefully Pete Dunne, and Damian Priest. And then on the women's side, it is Becky, Zelina, Zoe Stark, probably Trish, probably Bailey, because she's putting her, her thing on the line against Shotzi for some reason after she already beat uh, Shotzi to get a fucking chance. They're going to fight again this Friday, um, which is stupid. So Bailey. Um, and uh, da, 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 who's the last one? It might be doing that because she's. EO, she's... EO Sky. And maybe doing that because she's too hard to work that match, but can do like a quick bullshit match to put Shotzi in there legitimately. Or something. All right. So, um, how are we feeling about the two Money in the Bank matches so far, Usi or not Usi? I mean, the the women's one will be interesting with the Becky, Zoe Starks, Trish stuff, obviously. But the interesting part of that isn't necessarily just them. It's it's if Bailey is in it, does do Bailey and 
Becky do something together to fuck them over after their whole history. And all or that. do Bailey and EO Sky finally implode because they've been teasing that too that damage control is gonna split up. So you've got those three, and then you got those two. Guess who that leaves? That leaves fucking Zelina. Yeah. <laughs> that leaves Zelina, bro. Like what? Is she actually gonna win the Money in the Bank? Um, so it'll that'll be interesting. I don't. All right, men's side. It, when I say interesting, I mean there's some good storyline stuff that can come out of it, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure who will win. But um, it almost seems like whoever wins, they're they're probably not going to win the belt this quickly. I mean, I I'm not going to lie to you. If they actually do have Zelina win and she tries to cash in on Rhea, I can see them having Zelina Zelina do the upset thing. To get her back for backlash. I could also see her getting fucking riptided on that goddamn briefcase. <laughs> Just immediately. <laughs> um, so we'll see. Uh, men's match. I, w- I want LA Knight to win. That's not really a. Can you imagine how pissed off? Oh, well, wait, wait. Uh, Money in the Bank is. Oh yeah, Money in the Bank is obviously the one that's in London. So. In London. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Rhea's Australian, I believe. Anyway. Yeah, so never um, I was about to say, they could piss so, off everybody. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Dude. So the Pete Dunne thing is interesting. I don't think they've built him up enough to where if he did have it, that anybody would expect him to win on a cash-in. Unless he cashes in, like you said, on Gunther or something like that, and they play on the history. Or maybe he does it on Seth Rollins or some shit. But I don't feel like anybody here is going to cash in on Roman. Which is Correct. really what the interesting thing is. What if and they only maybe, want the blue title? What if they pin Roman and be like, I only want the blue title. I don't want the gold one. Like, I'm only going after the blue one. Maybe he won't care as much. Since he's still holding all fucking four title or three titles now. That seems like a... That definitely seems like an LA Knight decision. Um, my other ones don't match my color. I mean, I uh, can see LA Knight winning over Seth, but then you're still trying to take LA Knight and make him a heel, and it doesn't make any sense. He's too over. Yeah, I don't know why they keep... If LA Knight wins the title, I don't give a fuck who he catches in on. They're cheering it. They're going to cheer it. Um, Nakamura would also be interesting, but I I feel like he's kind of in a a similar place where they haven't done enough of him lately to where anybody would believe he could win unless they really play up like his past achievements and all that bullshit. Um, Ricochet's not going to win. Dude, I swear to God, if if they have LA Knight win and he catches in on Austin Theory so that he can stay on SmackDown... I will be so pissed. I'll be so pissed. I mean, they're eventually the only good thing that would come out of that is that you've clearly made the 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 decision to turn LA Knight face, right? If he cashes in on Austin Theory. That's the only good thing that would come out of it. And he'd have a successful cash and it wouldn't be a fucking waste. But still, I would be so pissed if he if he does it for for someone that is what, forty something? Forty one, forty two, something like that? Forty, maybe? I know he's forty something. Um, 40 even okay so he's 40 to have him still have to do a a subtitle even though he has the goddamn money in the bank briefcase would be such a bad move to me no the problem is he needs to go to nxt send him to that Shawn michaels learning tree some more and we'll well, see if he's I, it's, it's because Shawn michaels wasn't the, uh over the learning tree while he was there i think i think it's because mm-hmm. he sat under the triple h one instead yeah. and vince doesn't um, like anything that came out of the triple h one but he loves Shawn michaels he loves Shawn Michaels, so anything that comes out of the Shawn Michaels learning tree, though, Vince is all about that. Yeah. I, just, um, wait, just wait when Austin Theory loses this title, and then Vince decides to put Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, his other his other Shawn Michaels uh, shiny new toy, together in a fucking tag team. We have to watch both of them together all the time. Oh, my God. 
Um, I mean, it's 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 interesting. I'll watch it. I'm not like no matter who wins, I don't really have high expectations of them like pinning Roman or anything crazy. Though you could, yeah. So it's it's Seth or a mid card title for sure. Or I mean, you could really fuck with people, and at the end of the Bloodline match, he's just so fucked up from getting a triple band beat down from all the Bloodline that then the Money in the Bank guy comes out, and then the Bloodline's like, you know what? Fuck it, ruin him. I don't care. That's that's part of our revenge on him is we're not going to fucking stop him. We'll beat him up some more. Okay, if they do or, that, if they do that, that then the only answer is Pete Dunn. Because they'll be in England. Yeah, maybe. Um, that would be the a... loudest fucking pop of all time. That would be yeah, louder but... than anything you've ever heard in your life. But you know that's not the story that they're trying to tell. But they could do that eventually. Um, but I think that, that if they're really trying to fuck him over, the way you do that is you beat him down so badly in like a three-on-one situation that he's completely out of it, and you get on the fucking microphone and say, hey, send out the fucking Money in the Bank guy. Come get these belts off this guy. Fuck him. And then that would, that makes sense if you're trying to fuck him over. Um, I don't think they'll do that. Well, it, I think it's more because Jay wants to be the guy that take it off of him type deal. Maybe. Yeah. I agree with you that it logically makes sense to just, that he would just crumble and you wouldn't even have to worry about it because you already did your, you already did the work. You did what the, the, the main accomplishment was to have Roman not on top anymore. You have someone right there that has the ability to make sure that happens. It's not like you can just go out there and make a match, right? So this money in the bank thing just makes too much sense to not, especially if Pete Dunn wins. Oh my god, if Pete Dunn wins, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be thinking about that storyline the entire time if fucking Pete Dunn wins it. I'm just letting you know right now. So if Pete Dunn wins earlier in the night, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, this would be fucking nuts. Um, but anyway, so that would be fucking hilarious though. If Pete Dunn doesn't win it, I don't think they even try to tease that type of type of storyline for. For London, I think it would be later on, like you were saying. Like, you don't have to do it that night. You just do it later on. I think if the plan is to have him hold it through WrestleMania 40 or whatever, then it... Yeah, I do too. But I'm just saying, like, I completely agree with you. Like, if you want to throw a fucking curveball in there, I mean, that would be a fucking hell of a way to do it. And you build up somebody completely fucking new out of nowhere, which you need other fucking people besides Seth, Cody, and fucking Roman. Yeah. The only problem would then be that person is always seen as having not won it in a credible way, I guess. But, um... I mean, he could always, whoever it is, can still like the other one. Well, I want the fucking money in the bank ladder match the same night. So. And they could have another match against Roman or whatever, where they prove that they're the right fool. I, don't, I wouldn't see it that way. I think it would be fucking hilarious. I think it would be awesome. I think it would piss off so many Roman stands, I think it would be worth it too. And I obviously would love it because I'm a Pete Dunn mark. So I'd be okay mm -hmm. with it. Um, but yeah, that would be funny. All right, let's get out of that. Usi or not, Usi is over. Let's do the monster quiz. Let me give you your title. There you go. Monster quiz is ready to go. This is episode, or episode, <laughs> question number 18. Um, here we go. The first episode of AEW Dynamite was held in Washington, D.C., and the first episode of Collision was obviously held in Chicago. Where was the debut episode of Rampage held, though? Was it A, Philadelphia, B, Pittsburgh, or C, Jacksonville? Maybe you episode of Rampage. I don't know why I thought that was... Was that not the same night that CM... So that show had already come out before... CM Punk was the next week. 
I'll give you a little hint. It's not a, it's not a city hint, but it's a it's a main event hint. The very first episode of Rampage was Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the Impact World Title. Oh yeah 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 okay. Back when they used to book it like they cared about it. Um, Jacksonville sounds. Jacksonville sounds right, but I'm trying to remember. I remember, like, here's the thing. And again, it's one of those things where, like, not having visual memory fucking hurts. But I remember words. Like, I remember the sequence of the match and everything. I remember the, um, whatever the fuck he calls that move, unprettier, I guess. Onto the table. Or not table, chair. That, he had, that Kenny had originally brought in the ring. I remember him winning. I remember that he won. God, was that a Jacksonville crowd? Because, like, Philadelphia also. Debut episode of a brand new show. What was the date on it? Do you remember the day? I assume August something. It was August something because I remember the debut episode of CM Punk when he came in. That remember I did the 24 hour stream and had to go off and go immediately watch it. So it was the week before that, and that was like August. I don't fucking remember. It was like later August, so it would be a one week before that. So August. It's definitely when it's in August. I don't know the exact date, though. It was 2021? Yeah. I feel like it's... I'm, I'm trying to remember what the fuck he said in his promo because I'm trying to remember if that was the same night that he said the thing about you make me feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. And if that was the week after, then that would make sense. But I don't remember if that was his first promo. That sounds right, but also Jacksonville sounds right because first episode of a big show that he's debuting, he would, it would make sense to put it at his home arena or whatever. I say Pittsburgh, but I'm not. I'm not super confident. Enough. Yeah! 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 It was Pittsburgh. Congratulations. You are now 13, 13 and 5. The was big that the match. night that he said the, the Britt Baker thing? He did the following week, yes. Okay. Um, obviously in Chicago. But anyway, uh, Britt Baker also had a match 
on that show against Red Velvet for the title where she retained. Um, there's only three matches on the show, actually, and the other one I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but that was the two. That was the other two. Um, so, yeah, good job. Uh, 13 and 5, still, obviously, prediction champion for a long time. Um, let's get that off of there, and then we will go to everyone's favorite segment to end the show. It is Mark, that tweet where we take a really bad wrestling take from Twitter, and we bring it to light for you guys here. Um, enjoy. Here we go. And this is a two-for-one, by the way. Just get ready for this one. This is a two-for-one. We don't usually have these on here, but here we go. Let's go with the original tweet first. Mark, that tweet. Bobby Eaton, the pussy, at Aiden is strong, which I believe we've had at Aiden is strong on here before, but I'm not familiar. positive. Yeah. yeah. Cody Rhodes was such an insane fumble from AEW, and it is a miracle for the legacy of the elite. He signed that NDA. And then, quote tweeted by someone even dumber, at MasterHater1, which makes all the sense in the world, not a single day has any real AEW fan missed Cody. No one misses the Codyverse at all. Man wanted to work for his beloved Dirty Fed. Hope he's happy. All right. So I will say that as an AEW fan and a real one, I do miss Cody at AEW. So you're a lying piece of shit already out the gate because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you just generalized everybody. And there was he had a shit ton of fans. The only thing that we didn't want him to do was still remain a babyface. We wanted him to turn heel. We would have probably liked him more as a heel anyway. It was the only thing that was stopping him um, from getting a better reaction, really. Like, he could have been a bad guy and still been getting cheers. He was a babyface, a white bread babyface, and fucking was getting booed. He wasn't getting booed because no one wanted Cody in AEW. He was getting booed because no one wanted that version of Cody at that time. It had ran its course, all right? So let me go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, for the original guy... Cody Rhodes was not an insane fumble from AEW because Cody Rhodes fumbled Cody Rhodes in AEW. Now, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, yeah, the first guy's fucking dumb. Like, Cody Rhodes was not fumbled from AEW. If he wanted to leave, and just like we say every time somebody wants to leave WWE, you let them go. Um, and you can say it's a fumble in the sense that, oh, they could have booked him better or whatever. They were trying to. They wanted him to change his character. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to still be the fucking face. He still wanted to do all the, the side shit and be the good guy and shake fucking babies' hands and kiss them on the forehead and whatever the fuck. Uh, that's on him. AEW didn't fumble shit. The only fumble with Cody was letting him book his himself into a corner when he had way too much creative control before Tony was finally like, you know, this shit ain't really working. I don't like any of this weird whatever the fuck you got going on over here. I'm going to take back my creative control and you'll just have to do whatever the fuck I want you to do from now on. And then when it got to the point where he was kind of working without a contract and they were like, we really want you to fucking go heal. It would really play into what we're trying to do with you. And then he just didn't want to fucking do it. AEW didn't fumble shit. They were about to use him correctly. He just refused to be used correctly. Now, just because... By the way, the Codyverse thing too, it wasn't like the, the ideas were awful. They just were not executed well at all. Yeah, the Nightmare Collective stuff was... Uh, try not to remember that. Um, the... The weigh-in. Um, yeah, go-go shit. Yeah, all that was pretty bad. Um, I mean, there was definitely some bad stuff. I'm, I'm not going to pretend it wasn't. But nobody was really complaining about his match quality or anything like that. He was still having really good matches. He had great matches with Sammy and stuff like that. Um, his matches with uh, with Brody Lee were really good. So, yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't know, I guess, where the AEW fumble part of this is. I'm not seeing it. So that part, completely fucking stupid. 
The second part, I, the problem with that is just the way that he says no one, no real fan. It's what we call in boring fucking debate circles, we call it a no true Scotsman argument, um, or no true Scotsman fallacy, which is you can't presuppose your entire argument on a premise that only real X will say Y. It's fucking dumb. Like, nobody actually buys into that. Um, it's very transparent when people do it. So, I personally don't miss Cody. Um, I don't really, I've never seen a program where I'm like, oh man, this would be so much better if Cody was here. I, I don't feel that way about him. I don't mind him. I like his matches. I think he, he seems like a really cool guy. I'm glad that he's, you know, doing the stuff he wants to do, but I, I don't actively miss him. Um, I don't actively miss any of the programs that he was really involved in. But to say no one does is fucking stupid. Like, that's it. No, especially framing it this way, like, as any real fan. Uh, anytime somebody does that, it's a pretty good indication just tune out the rest of what the fuck they say about everything. Um, I understand the sentiment in that the Cody verse broadly was not super well received. Um, but no, I mean, to say that no real fan wants to misses him at all is fucking stupid. But yeah. I also hope he's happy. Yeah, I mean, okay, so, but here's the thing. Let's say this contract runs out. Or, or whatever, and Cody wants to come back to AEW and they bring him back. When Cody debuts, you're still going to be happy for him, though, right? Because he's doing what he wants to do. It's not like you're going to be like, nah, fuck Cody. I don't want him to ever come back. That's 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 the implication that I'm getting from this fucking second guy. Not a single day has any... Not a single day has any real AEW fan miss Cody. Are you kidding me? The man started out and ended with a five-star fucking match. How can you tell me that you don't want that in AEW? I, I would just say I don't actively miss his programs but like it's not like the implication obviously is that they actively don't want to see him and that's not how i feel about it either if he did want to come back for whatever reason i'd be like oh good cool cody's back we'll see what he gets up to we'll see if he's still stubborn <clears throat> still stubborn this time about turning heel or whatever but i'm not like actively against it it's more just like passively uninterested um and if he came back and you know, they put him in the world title picture or whatever the fuck with MJF. I'd watch it. Of course I'd watch it. Um, I'd be interested in it. Even. I don't miss the stuff that he did. Uh, aside from, you know, I, I can acknowledge that he had a few good matches, but I'm not. Could you imagine if he doesn't beat Roman for it or never wins the title, comes back to AW and goes after MJF, the, the shit that MJF would tell him in a promo? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It would be, you talking about people getting roasted? He would roast the fuck out of Cody, dude. It would be so funny. Yeah. I, um, I don't think that would happen, mostly because it would make AEW look bad, so I'm pretty sure Tony Khan said you can't fucking say anything about not winning the build over there, because then it, him coming back here doesn't mean shit. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it would be interesting. But two no, shitty yeah, tweets it, from two shitty people is the way I see this one. Neither one of these. The first one's objectively like way fucking worse, and the second one just completely misses the mark when you, as soon as you try to say any real thing. Shut the fuck up. But I mean, he did it twice too. He says not a single day. So all the days since Cody's left, and then has any real AW fan miss Cody? Like, you're well, it's three actually. You're saying that, you're saying that if you do miss Cody, you're not a real AW fan, right? Any day that you've ever thought about him while he's been gone, you're not. You're you're clearly not a real AW fan. And then you're trying to tell everybody that is a real AW fan. Like, I guess you polled everybody, like it was fucking Family Feud or something, that 
they didn't miss Cody and you just got together with everybody and you're relaying the message to somebody with like it's 100% factual and that's fucking stupid on three different levels right there. Here's what man wanted to work for his beloved dirty fed. Hope he's happy. What about like, all the other people that are employed there? When Miro or Andrade or whatever are out, like I actively miss seeing their matches. Pack especially. Pack is a big one. Like whenever he's out, I notice it. I haven't really noticed Cody's absence from the program in the same way, so I wouldn't say that I miss him in that way. I disagree. I, I miss his presence in the TNT title picture because we've been getting this fucking terrible ass Wardlow shit instead. Okay. I mean that's fine. Like I said, I, I, we're both real fans. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but, but what I'm, I consider what you I'm, a real fan of AEW. Don't worry. I hope so. All the fucking money I just paid to go see this goddamn show. <laughs> um, so the the point that I was getting at though is I actually I I have missed him in the sense that I miss him on BTE. I miss his involvement in just like general segments and stuff like that. Um, like, could you TM. imagine how good he would be on uh, All Access as well? Yeah, that's it. I miss uh I miss Fuego too. Even though it was never confirmed that that was him. <laughs> like, there's. You know, he was involved in some shit where I'm not, what, what, you know. Where would he fit in right now with Fuego, too? Would they just be like a Ring of Honor tag team? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think Fuego is still... Russell is Cody on too. Dynamite and Fuego, too, on uh, Collision. <laughs> yeah, when Fuego uh, fixes up his foot injury, I'm curious what they do with him. I know he's been rehabbing that for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, try I'm trying to figure out what the fuck they slot him in on the card at this point, too. Because obviously it was like a big deal for him to get signed because he was just supposed to be a jobber and then, you know, he had friends in the company and worked really hard and all that and then got his contract. Um, he got injured not super long after that, so I don't know what you do with him when you bring him back. This is not it. I mean, and even though this is a shitty thing, I'm about to give him the, the entire Mark That Sweet treatment in a second. I would like to also point out, side note, that even though it wasn't an insane, such an insane fumble from AEW, I do think it was a little bit of a fumble to not renew and re-sign uh, Leva Bates. I just want to throw that out there. I think that, yeah. was a, that was a kind of fucked up move. I agree, especially since she was doing so much behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, a lot of the initiatives that they were doing with, like, I believe it was Heels and then some of the, like, a lot of the Heels, public outreach the, stuff. the setup stuff for the media, the video game yeah. stuff, yeah, the convention stuff or, like, the little fan fest stuff, whatever. Yeah, she was like a huge part of all that shit. Like, yeah, I, I was not thrilled to see that uh, she did not get renewed. I And I wasn't thrilled to hear the way that it was done, which is a recurring issue there, apparently, um, where she was, you know, didn't really hear anything, apparently, and then just found out that she was like, there were no conversations from with Tony or anything like that. So it, what it seems like to me is that they had her on as a wrestler and she started doing some other stuff. And then they were kind of like, well, if we want somebody to do all this admin stuff and all this outreach stuff, it's cheaper to just pay someone to just do that and not have them sign as a wrestler. And so they just kind of let it lapse. But even then, you still have the conversation and say, well, look, like, we can't pay you 120 or whatever the fuck to do wrestling contract. Yeah, I agree. If because you're, not, you're barely wrestling. Yeah, exactly. You're not, right. you're not doing the Brandon Cutler double contract type deal. Yeah. So, right. but the other thing is, Brandon Cutler's not really doing a wrestling type shit either. So I would throw that right. out there too. The I other agree. thing is, I would say, like, even though all these things point to the the um, the communication issues of AEW still, mm -hmm. even after all the steps they've taken, you can clearly see that they still have, have ways to go. I will say that on the good side of AEW, you got rid of BJ Whitmer immediately, so that was a yeah. smart move. And not only did you get rid of him, but you brought in Chris Hero and Jimmy Jacobs. 
So I'm very happy with those two signings. Um, so like, it sucks because it's like, man, I really feel bad for uh, Love of Bates and how that was all handled. But then you kind of redeem yourself with that situation too. Like, I just wish you would do that over here with the contract situations, not just wait till somebody fucks up legally and be like, then you take action. You need to communicate with the people that are not fucking up in your company as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I hope they end up working out something with her because I feel like she's a real asset just for their public image and stuff too. Like just a lot of the community stuff and the social media presence and things like that. All right, let's end the show. At Aiden is strong. At Master Hater number one. It's time to mark that tweet. Listen up, you prick. You don't know shit. Your opinions suck. You fucking mark. That doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> You're going to be using that one a lot. And there it is. Now, there was also a, um, a funny... There was a funny line I either heard on Collision or on the ref version of Hey EW. I don't know if you watched that episode this morning or not. It's pretty good. Um, but I heard something else that I kind of wanted to add in there as another thing, but I can't remember where the fuck I heard it. I've already watched Collision twice. I guess I'm going to have to watch it again to see if it was on that. I'm almost positive it was on Collision and not the, the ref thing, but I don't know. I, I watched the ref thing first because it's only 10 minutes. And then if it's not on there, then I'll watch Collision and go through it. But there was something else said by somebody. I don't know if it was Tony or if it was RJ or one of the reps or something, but there's something else I'm considering adding into that video as well. And we're just going to keep making that thing longer and longer, probably. Um, <laughs> with, the, Tony, with the Mark that tweet. Do what? If it was Tony, it couldn't have been Collision, right? Because that was Nigel and the other guy all night, right? Oh, yeah. It wasn't, well, uh, it wasn't Tony on AEW either, but could have been Dynamite then, I guess, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look back at it. But I remember hearing it, and I was like, oh, that would be fucking good if I could cut that. Um, but anyway. They, they, do, they do joke around and do a little bit more bullshitty commentary on Rampage, too. So I might have Rampage if you watch that. Oh, yeah, it could have been Rampage. Yeah, you're right. I did watch Rampage. So, yeah, it could have been that. Um, all right, so that's going to be the show. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoys Forbidden Door number two, 2023, coming up. And, uh, of course, a lot of stuff going down this week as well i mean this fucking new shit now i got a whole new show and i'm loving it because i get to watch it live so that's fun um so we got dynamite coming out we got raw of course you got smackdown uh the fallout from the turn last week you've got rampage of course and you got another collision and then you've got fucking forbidden door right after it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a crazy week of wrestling and of course crazy couple of months for AEW in general so hopefully everybody enjoys it have a great rest of your limited weekend and we will see you guys soon. Deuces.